Welcome to the Didi and Latal Show. Advice, thoughts, and stories from a married couple on cybersecurity, technology, and life in general. Now here are your hosts, Didi and Latal. Hello and welcome to the Didi and Latal Show. It's another week. How's it going, Didi? Terrible. You know why? Why? Because you're making me travel across the country. And we're doing this just to teach Ron a lesson. So No, we're doing it to meet with your mother that came all the way from Tel Aviv in times of war. So uh, I think it's, it's legit to make you travel to California to meet with her. Can I do my Arnold impression of California? <laughs> I, I hate California. I, I, L.A. Is a, is a piece of shit city. It's an overpriced piece of shit city. It's yeah, basically a bunch of wasteless, bunch of little townships connected by a highway creating a, a basically a malignant big piece of crap shit city. So, well, there is a direct allow flight from Tel Aviv there, so your mom decided to go there. Yes, and, and we're doing the right thing. I'm using all my points in United to fly me and the boys the right way across country. And so you were not supposed to come. I was supposed to do a girl's destination kind of traveling with Leah and your mom. Yeah. But since hockey only starts after the, the, the holiday, after Christmas, yes. I kind of like last minute told you, join us. Join and Ron us for immediately just a couple said no. of days. And Ron immediately said no. He can't travel. Because we gave him only two days of warning before yes. the flight. Yes. Uh, the kid is not spontaneous. No. And no. two days notice, it's not even spontaneous. Yes. So, uh, and he's so, this is the main reason that I'm willing to do this because I hate traveling and I traveled so much this year. So the fact that I'm willing to go on a plane to teach him a lesson that he needs to know that sometimes you, you, pack, be- you pack your bag and go. Oh, yeah. And that's not even a case of sometimes you pack your bag and go. This sometimes is a go. luxurious retreat with grandma yes. in L.A. Yep. And you fly, got an upgrade in your flight. So... Oh, this! you remember when we were young, and I don't know if it was a thing in the U.S., it, it was definitely a thing while dating in the 90s in Israel or early 2000s, when, when you described your characteristics, being spontaneous was like a must-have. Nobody wanted a person to date somebody that is rigid, inflexible. You wanted a spontaneous guy with sense of humor. Yes. So on the dating app, when we met on I, whatever I, I did not it was say called, was Cupid. Yes, I did not say I was spontaneous. No, that's that's why I picked you up because like I I eliminated all those that said that because that was so dull. Yes. Everybody said it. But uh, I'm really I, not spontaneous. No, you're not. But I'm not spontaneous as well. I'm doing the same thing every day. I prefer yes. to eat the same food every day. I'm not yeah. spontaneous. I don't like that my routine is changes. Up. Yeah, I hate it. Yes. So, no. But yep. I can fly if I need to, like on a minute notice. That's not a problem. But that, I mean, I hate it, but I do it. Yes. And uh, the this is the thing about, this is a good thing we're in corp, in Compsai, where spontaneity is not, is not a virtue. It, no. 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 So, awesome. You don't want to screw the code. No, you don't want to screw the code. <laughs> it's you, not need, about... you need planners, not spontaneous people. Yes. So Ron will be good for that. Yes, he will be. DEI is in the news in the past few weeks. 
I think all that there are a lot of different streams that are coming, and obviously it became a hot button of the right, kind of going after that. But you and I have been discussing this DEI for a long time, and never really, I never really completely understood it until recently when I started understanding and really feeling why I don't like the concept. And I think I I have an alternative. So I wanted this episode to talk about DEI, what's wrong, and what we should actually put in place instead of it. So I don't think the problem is DEI. I think the problem is... So for our listeners that came from outer space or are not in America, what DEI stands for? It stands for diversity, equity. This is an important one. Equity. And inclusion. So equity and not equality. equality. We'll talk about it in a second. Yes. And the thing that, for me, this whole concept, and I had a wake-up call about this whole idea of my ideal and my desires versus reality as kind of time went by. And and I'll explain. So there's a guy called Farid Zakaria. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. He is on CNN and he is liberal, very liberal, He's but he's old school liberal. And he was talking about DEI when he was talking about the university heads and their interviews in, 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 in the Congress. And one of the things he said is that we kind of became the mind police and the thought police. And we've put rules on free speech and the more and we've basically straight from the liberal idea of inclusion and the liberal idea of diversity because diversity means a lot of opinions we think that the more opinions we hear the better we are and the more inclusive we are and the more we include people from more backgrounds the better we are so that means including people that we don't like And this is kind of where, when he was talking about this, I said to myself, let's talk to the kids. And I asked them two important questions. Have you read Animal Farm? And have you read 1984? And both were no's. And when I was starting to look at this, they're they're kind of fading out of the curriculum. I think they were completely removed together with Lord of Flies. Yes. Which was decided to be way too harmful, uh, harmful, violent. Made people not understand the the violence of human nature. And I think this is part of the problem because when you look at where DEI is going, it's very much like George Bernard Shaw used to say that if you're not a communist by 20, you're evil. And if you're still a communist at 40, you're an idiot. And this is very much... That's me. Yes. I was like, even before my 20s. Exactly. I I used to wear my blue shirt. Shirt. I I was in the youth movement of uh, a communist youth movement. Yes. And And all of it fell away. And you used to do the May Day Parade. I don't think I ever went there, but yeah, they they are doing it for sure. Yes. Yes. For people that don't know what May Day is, the 1st of May used to be the day of the, the... how do you say poel? <laughs> the laborer, the day of the laborer and the, the, the proletariat and the proletariat needs to uprise. And when you look at what George Orwell wrote in 1984 and 
So Amir Amri read it, and basically halfway through 1984, he says, that's North Korea. I said, yes, it is. I said, that's kind of a little bit of how communist countries evolved. Rather than being everybody equal and beneficial, like the Scandinavian countries became, most of the countries that went with communism went in, everybody's equal, but everybody's equal to shit. And equal to keep them equal, you need to police them. Yes. And also, when an animal farm, the rules on the wall kept changing, that all animals are equal, but some animals are equal more than the rule changed. And you're not supposed to drink alcohol. And then they added to access. And you're not supposed to sleep with a bed. And then they added with sheets. Because what happens is the people that were in power continuously changed the rules, that the rules that everybody agreed on, and basically started going back to the rules of restrictions and being kind of not equal, but rather, but kind of changing the rules of who actually deserves to be equal more. And that's a little my interpretation of what's happening with diversity, equity, and inclusion is when we put in these many rules and because people put in these rules and then it doesn't matter who's in power and who's putting the rules, they'll always put their own biases and their own rules and it doesn't matter what their biases are, but they'll always go towards a direction that is more restrictive and less inclusive. Yeah, I mean, the way I read it is we had the two most important revolutions of human times, probably. Feminist revolution, women getting women rights, then black voting rights, everything. Great, great, great progress. And that all meant things are becoming more equal. And that came into being part of the Constitution of the United States and many other countries, like constitutions, rules, changed. And that was great. That was like the big changes of the 20th century that were profound, really profound, and drove the world. It's it's the two most inviolent revolutions uh, or nonviolent revolutions that progressed the world to a place that is profoundly different than ever been. And then the way I see it, we came to this postmodernistic world in which, okay, the baseline is already there, but yes, there is still a lot of injustices, really a lot of injustices. No, nothing is really that uh, equal, and yes, there are biases and uh, issues and things that need to be solved. And came this belief that we can come up with a set of directives, which became DEI, of how we can kind of engineer the world to make it a better place. So I think it's all coming from a very, very positive mindset of, yes, we've gone so far with human rights, and but still so many issues. So let's put those rigid rules to try to fix it. And this is not working. DEI now grew into becoming an industry, an industry that sets guidelines inside of organizations, inside of schools, inside of our society of things that we can say or things we cannot say because they cause harm 
And they they are leave. making people feel uncomfortable. Oh, unsafe, which or is unsafe. another way. So there is that. And then there is all these kind of ideas around equity, which is basically, no, we're not going to be just equal, pay the same things. It goes into we need to be proactive and have quotas for certain minorities at work, so there'll be more of them. It's not we're going to just have equal way of recruiting people and the best will be recruited, but rather what we've just seen happened, supposedly, there was a leaked video from an IBM meeting in which the CEO was talking about quotas of hiring and the fact that you need to have some racial groups having a certain percentage of representation and whomever managers that will not be able to get to those quotas will be released from the company, which to me sounds the opposite of, of equality and even equity. It sounds like racism. So for they me- said that the most shocking thing, and we see, we see it in tech and we see it now in universities of them saying, let's face it. Asians are not a minority in tech, so we should just make sure there are not too many of them and use that percentage to increase percentage of other minority groups. That's insane, racist, and how come this talk is tolerated by if you just instead of Asian replace it with another minority group and say it, it will be a huge cry out going into all races. I'm trying to get, get back into where I think rather than being of what the problems are, which I think this is where people need to understand. And I, I want to describe things in a little bit of a mental game. The way I see this is uh, life is a game and it needs to be played by rules. And the better team needs to win because... If we are American, and we are American since 2019, I think it is important, very important, that we proceed in how this country became what it became by the fact that it's a meritocracy. It's a little bit of a cruel meritocracy, but it's a meritocracy. And and cream goes to the top because otherwise you kind of give up. If I know this whole thing of innovation and startup and creativity and generation of ideas comes from the fact that I know if I will work really, really hard, I will succeed. And my family will succeed and everything else will succeed. So this is my incentive to work hard and try hard. And if somebody says, you know what, by definition, it doesn't matter if you're good or bad or something. We're going to have 2% of this minority in Harvard and 13% of this minority in Harvard and 15% of this minority in Harvard. And that's a given. So it doesn't matter how hard I try. It actually drives me to, you know what, not care and resist less and try less because my faith is predefined. So, and if you're part of a minority, everybody will look at you and say, oh, you got into that because of you, the quotas. Exactly. You made a quota. And that's Clarence Thomas stated. But for me, what I like, the way I view the world, is I'm thinking of the evolution of sports. Let's let, take a look at football. In football, initially, you could 
beat the shit out of people. And same way as in hockey, you could take bad hits and bad strikes and bad things. And this was bad for the sport and bad for everybody. And they fixed the rules. But the rules must be enforced equally to everybody. It's not as if I will say, you know what? Kansas City needs to beat the Patriots, and therefore they'll get three more calls for their favor versus New England because we need them to win. This is the difference between equality and equity. In equity, I will say this team is is much batch better. So I'm, I, there's a game between Kansas City and the Patriots, and we say Mahomes is way too good. He's too good-looking. He's too talented. Travis Kelsey dates, what's her name? Taylor Swift. Yes. So they're too good. So you know what? We have to penalize them. So the playing field will be leveled. So Bill Belichick sucked, and therefore he recruited just B-leaguers. And Andy Reid did a good job, but we are going to balance the, the, the playing field. And this is where we shouldn't do. This is what we shouldn't do. We shouldn't tilt the playing field. Because That's what we do in education. It's mediocre. Exactly. It used to be a sense of excellence. When I grew up, if you had, and this was a lot of our conversations with regards to IQ, listen to Angela Duckworth on No Stupid Questions About IQ. Very good podcast. But when you look at IQ, IQ was built to diagnose people who were weak and give them support. And instead we created a hierarchy of IQ and tilted it the wrong way. Now we're tilting it back the other wrong way rather than saying, you know what? We need to have excellence programs. So if you're really... Which real- Massachusetts, for example, canceled them. Yes. They only have the special needs support and so, which is great and needed. But at the same time, also those that excel have special needs of their own. Yes. Not staying with the mediocrity. Exactly. So, so, so this, is the yep. part, this is the part where we need to build out the balance. We need to... So we need to cater to everybody and we need to be able to, to, to basically have a known set of rules and rules that do not discriminate and rules that open the opportunities for everybody that plays hard in the same field to achieve the same outcomes. So if anything that I think of that I think needs to be coming back to the discussion is pluralism. That is a thing that is completely lost and has, has, has to be part of our idea of diversity. Yes. Diversity is not just diverse skin colors. We think about it in a very shallow way that for me is racist, that we decide there is this all shades of white till dark skin tone, and we see the world through that, and for us, that's diversity and inclusivity. Maybe there is another thing that goes towards gender and gender fluidity. That's fine. Um, but we are not okay anymore with pluralism, which is the most important thing in diversity. Diversity means diverse mindsets, ideas, being open to see the world through different lenses. Put yourself in the shoes of somebody that thinks differently. Our daughter came back from school and said, I'm in 10th grade, and I think what we're lacking is for school to tell us what are the different thoughts that people in the right 
and people in the left. They don't kind of like let us explore one what conservatism is versus progressiveness and what's in the, she's like I'm in school and it's not allowed to be exposed to anything other than what our school is catering for and that is so true we how can we be in a democratic society when for us there is just one man, mindset that is okay if we're not and and her I can say it. I understand. I'm pro-choice. I think women has the choice to make a decision about the future of the body, their own health. But yes, we talked a lot about it. We realize that a lot of people are pro-life and care a lot about it and have religious belief that for them, this is a critical, critical issue. And not being able to have deep conversations about there is no right or wrong. Except for in math. In, in math, there is right or wrong, yes. That's why the kids But, are in RSM. Exactly. But other than that, those are complex topics. Yes. And even those that have extreme pro-life opinions also have complex opinions. ideas when it comes to extreme cases like I think Texas Supreme Court was dealing with with a woman that was in great danger to her own life and her fertility and decided about an abortion so not being able to have to, a conversation to have conversations because a conversations are completely off the table we need to understand that people come from With different beliefs from different religious backgrounds with different set of moral grounds as long as the conversation is not violent is open we cannot eliminate those conversations and we should make our kids feel very safe having them the fact that we are telling our kids you cannot hear a, cer- a certain conversation and and just walk away and say that you don't feel safe this is not true of the difference of things that how th- something is good and how something good can turn into bad so one of the things I loved about a little bit of the the drive for diversity is the fact that right now you see all body types in fashion magazines I think this is beautiful and I think it's important yep I think it builds confidence yeah especially in girls agree I think it's beautiful but the fact that Harvard has decided that any conversation about body configuration can be can be construed as abuse while genocide of Jews is context dependent that craziness is the thing that is the What I view as 1984 mind crime. One of the things in 1984 when they're talking about it is that you can't, you have thought crime and you have right crime. Basically taking the opinion that is not big brothers is a crime. And the criminalization of that conversation, of an opinion that doesn't resolve into yours, or the fact that everybody feels harassed or offended by, By anything traumatized that, traumatized big words by things 
that are outside of their understanding space mm-hmm. is a problem because I think people need to have hard conversations and you should be able this is the the thing of let's assume that the, the person talking to you is honest but kind the combination of honesty and kindness are critical because you need to assume that somebody's coming to talk to you from good intent and when a lot of the the rules of speech in corporate America kind of came through I said guys you're completely discriminating against the people coming from Indian and Israeli backgrounds our conversation is a lot more harsh it's a lot more argumentative it's a lot more direct and people say oh I feel threatened I feel offended I'm well, sure when I'm talking to you feel threatened oh my god yes yes and one of the things that I was asking is when I when EMC went to the kibbutz and found Moshe and I building his shit there. The first thing they did, and this is the genius of Joe Tucci, was educate everybody how to communicate with Israelis. There was like classes. Understand, when he says this is stupid, he doesn't mean that you're stupid. Understand how to communicate with each other. And somehow, somewhere, we lost our DNA and our ability in this country to have an honest conversation about hard topics and understand everything that the opinions of the other are different and uncomfortable for you because I think people need to understand that religion is important to most people and you need to understand what a religious person would think about something our presidents and our leaders on both sides for the majority of time until I think Obama were devout people and therefore their message came from the their beliefs and therefore things kind of oh always had they ha- always had a common ground of a of a, b- a belief in something else and bigger and I think very much like the Soviet Union loss of God made them a failure I think the loss of this moral compass is a problem and this is a, li- a big part of the the world of the DEI and the rules, when you have these strict rules, the more rules you put in place, every rule you add, you actually make things worse. Because you're trying to bring in another rule to fix another thing. Yeah, so it's it, like every specific use case, you now need to, to add a word that is eliminated from your vocabulary. And, and, a, thought, and a thought that is lost. So... When That's I, the opposite of pluralism. Exactly. So right now, when everybody's calling for the genocide of Jews, which makes me feel very uncomfortable, the right thing for me is not to say that they are bad. By oh, saying, let's stop them saying it. Or stop them saying this. I want to we just, need to explain to them. No, we need to bring What? back all the other things that we're now not allowed to say. This is the right thing. It's not to... It's not to Add another rule to protect another minority and, and protect another group. The right thing is to pull things back and say, "Stop, we need to re- you can't feel threatened by somebody saying, "You know what? There's only blah on topic A. I don't want to talk about any of the 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 if you want to hear the the controversial topics, go listen to Lockhead. He has a, a very good podcast on this. I'll put it in. 
you can have those hard conversations. I'm not here to, to deal with the, the hard topics. It's, uh, this is more of a fun conversation. A fun, fun podcast. Well, I just mentioned, like abortions, for example. Ab- abortions, for example. That's a tough, tough, tough conversations that yeah, I, I want there is no easy solution to. I, I want people to to not feel threatened when somebody says this is the this is the way or this is not the way, and it's not the Mandalorian. So saying this is the way I, or I, not. The I want to say something that uh, I just realized when we talked about me being part of this youth movement of communism, but actually brought me. Uh, something that is so bright in in my memory that was unique that I don't see our kids are having. So when I was part in Israel of this youth movement, we met twice a week, a bunch of teenagers, and the whole idea was to talk about hard topic. It was like a debate club, but, you know, not structured in any shape and form. And then after we finished our regular activities, the the group of us, a bunch of high schoolers would go and buy pizza, ice cream, and we kept on debating. And there were big, big, big topics on the news that we kept on talking about at the time. It was the time of the Oslo Accords in Israel, and things were really, I mean, there was optimism. And on the other side, there were negatives against agreements and the, the kind of like Palestinian authority that will rise out of it. There was a topic. It was hot political button. And we were naturally just talking about it. At the same time, if you remember, there was the Supreme Court agreement about letting a woman become the first pilot. Alice Miller case against the IDF that I remember us debating for weeks. Can a woman actually become a combat pilot in the Israeli defense forces? And we just openly talked about it. Nobody was labeling no one as chauvinistic for saying, no, maybe it's not a good idea because if she becomes false in captivity in Syria, she will be tortured and raped. And and, and those were open discussions that I think made me think about. And, and that actually shaped a lot of my beliefs and, and later on made me the person that I am. I think, especially in the age of teenagers, they should openly talk about everything. Yes. Gender, politics, abortion, religion, everything. That makes them healthy players in a democratic society. You don't want to dictate to them what they're going to vote, what they're going to think about, and what kind of adults they're going to be. I want them to open their minds, know about all the shades of opinions out there, and you know what? Including the crazy ones. Yeah, but also, No, I mean way, including the crazy ones, because otherwise, if you don't understand the... If you, if you don't understand the crazy... If you don't understand the 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 extreme, if you label it as crazy and not understanding that maybe there is some sense in the craziness, yeah. I also want to say there is also and and being Israeli and not growing up here, people need to realize the U.S. political the um system is abnormal. It's not uh, a regular thing to have just bipartisan. In many places in the world, you have multiple parties, multiple multiple political opinions. The fact that here everything falls in place 
into a specific belief. And there is like, if you're a Democrat, all your set of beliefs from abortions all the way to foreign uh, policy need to fit. It makes zero sense <laughs> to but me. That, yeah, uh, you, all of us, have multiple is... opinions. So you don't want me to get into politics. No, I want something else. I want pluralism. If you okay. want, pl- if you want pluralism, yeah. you need to understand that the U.S. politics used to be one of the most pluralistic. If you think of Jimmy Carter, who was President Peanut, and everybody viewed as Mr. Liberal, today would be considered moderate right because he was very religious. He had very specific requirements, and he also talks now that both his wife passed. And the fact that he's in a hospice, they were talking about his legacy. He today would be rejected by most of the left. Yeah. Even though back then he was a left marker. Because, well, because most of the left is now rejecting Biden. Yes, but the thing is that the world is the the world in the U.S. politics was always a rainbow, and I use this word intentionally. It used to be a very wide rainbow of opinion, and and if you Listen to candidate Haley and Sununu. He'll tell you that they disagree on about 30% of the issues because he's pro-life. He's pro-choice and she's pro-life. And they're they're very much different than they're in the same party. And if you look at... This is the whole idea of the caucus. Are you talking about Ramaswamy? No, 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 no. Chris Sununu. Ah, Chris Sununu. Sorry. Chris Sununu. President of New Hampshire, okay. uh, governor of New Hampshire, the state that wants to be Massachusetts but sucks. So um, I think they want to be nobody wants oh, to nobody be nobody wants to be Massachusetts. No. I'm sure New Hampshire doesn't. Yes. Actually, we want to be New Hampshire right now. Yeah. But the the idea is that there 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 is a rainbow. What we're trying to do is basically say this is what is the the change that is happening in the in the last decade or so. Is that trying to force us that if you're a Republican, equal Trump, and if if a Democrat equals Rashida Tlaib, and that's not the world. The world needs to or AOC, and right now the world is not that. We need a rainbow. We need the rainbow back, and we, people need to be accepting of the rainbow again. Yeah. So I think this is where we need to wrap up. So let's bring in pluralism. Instead of DEI. No, let's bring equality and not, not equity. And let's think of the fact that when we think diversity, diversity needs to be diversity of mind, not that just diversity. Multi-dimensional but diversity. Diversity needs to be diver- diversity of mind and body, not just body. Okay. Diverse and inclusion needs to, to be really inclusive, not to be hand-wavy and saying this is what inclusion is. We include you only if you think the same. Exactly. And inclusion needs to be thinking also in terms of proactiveness. Like if you want to have women on your team, you can't have going out to see Patriot Games as your team activity. You I mean, I mean that, some women enjoy it. Yes, but, yeah. but you need to understand, understand when you want to be inclusive, you need to be in, really inclusive. And sometimes being inclusive means not doing what you like most. I'm so into that. I'm into that. Anyways, I'm off my soapbox, and we're off the Christmas break. 
Well, thank you. Um, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Didi and Lital show. We will be here next week. We are daily. We are a weekly podcast, not a daily. Oh, my God. Yeah. Didi and Lital show, if you like it. Sorry. Got completely off my mind. If you like us, rate and review us. If you want to be on a podcast, please ping me or Didi on LinkedIn. We will be here next week. Thank you. Have a wonderful week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.